0: Greetings, grave robbers, and welcome back to this very familiar plot of the television graveyard. I am your TV necromancer, TV's Noah Houlihan, and I have a little special intro for you for this very special episode. Now, if you are a regular fan and he listened to our previous episode, we mentioned that this was scheduled to be an on-the-road episode with Plus Two Comedy, where we record while we're driving from convention to convention. And we were gonna do that, but uh, two very interesting things happened. One, it rained like mad while we were driving, and the audio would have been completely unusable. So, unfortunately, we couldn't record, so we had to come up with something new. And while I was at the convention, I ran into a fantastic person by the name of Bailey, who I've known for years at Too Many Games. And they excitedly told me that they went up to uh, the Bailey Center to watch Turn On, which is episode Thirty-six Of this very podcast Turn On was a very mysterious show That can only be viewed At the Palmer Center In New York City A show so bad it was cancelled During the premiere And he very excitedly told me That he saw it and thought it was pretty weird And he couldn't believe That a week later It was available on YouTube And I grabbed Bailey by the shirt And Gave a big shake and said, what do you mean it's available on YouTube? And due to a user named Philly Rock, both episodes of Turn On are now available to be viewed. So I thought this would be a good time to create Turn On Special Edition. So all those quotes and clips that I could not include have been edited in to our past episode. So now, the special edition of Turn On is here for you, fully completed with all the necessary quotes. I didn't include all the clips we referenced because I still referenced some that were mostly visual, and that doesn't work for a podcast very well. I also now kind of have a... Bit of an editing flair that I do when it comes to these projects. So this feels more like a current episode of Stay Doomed with what I've added and things like that. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Turn On Special Edition. A quick reminder, at the end of this, uh, we say that we are going to be watching Heil Honey, I'm Home. Uh, we, we already covered that. Next week, we will be watching Evil Monkeys. So be sure to join us next week for that. And now, enjoy. Turn on Special Edition.
1: Good evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just... Stay Doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or some, like this one, that ran only one episode. This is the month of legends, and legend has it, only one show has been cancelled before the first episode was finished airing. With me as always... Is Noah Houlihan I gave her the big one and she thanked me for it today we are discussing turn on turn on ran exactly once February 5th 1969 and then there was second episode produced and rumor has it more episodes produced but never completed
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: Like the monkeys were supposed to be in a later episode and filmed for it. Really? But none of the other episodes ever were completed.
0: Ooh. I mean, that that's like kind of important media. Like the monkeys are a big deal. And I mean, they were a huge deal in the 60s. Right. So like to have something of them that, like, no one's ever seen, it's very interesting.
1: The show is called Turn On, and uh, this is the first show that you cannot watch with us.
0: Yes. Sorry. We we'll had, give you directions if you want to go see this. Uh,
1: we had to take the very first... I want to I go into this story a little bit for what we had to do to watch this show. Absolutely. Um, we were in New York for WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. And we went up to the Paley Center for Media... Which, if you're in the New York area and you've ever got some time to just kind of, you know, burn inside on a nice day, go to the Paley Center for media. It's cool.
0: Yeah, they got VR. I played Spider-Man.
1: But more than that, they have nearly every TV show you can imagine. Yeah. We were on the Lost Media Index, which is a website, and they said that the only episodes of Turn On were available in one place and one place alone. Mm -hmm. The Paley Center in New York which we happen to be going to in a couple of weeks. So we went in, uh, there's a suggested donation, we paid it, and we got an hour and a half of library time. Yes. It's fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. And we, we could pull up almost anything.
1: It was crazy. Like
0: they, they had every episode of The Simpsons. They had every Looney Tune. They had, I was watching this little girl that was also there with her mom. I love that kid. Watch stuff. And she was like, it's my birthday. This is what I wanted to do. And she went and watched Fat Albert cartoons. I was like, this is a cool kid.
1: Yeah, like, we were uh, paying our admission next to this little girl and her mother. And the little girl was quiet and her mom was like, yeah, this is her number one thing for her birthday weekend. So this is where we are, yeah. I guess. We're going
0: to go watch The Adams Family.
1: Because <laughs> my favorite thing is Parents of Nerds.
0: Yeah, they're just like,
1: I don't get it. <laughs> who are, like, trying to do right by their children yeah. but have no idea what's going on.
0: I'm a great mom, so I'm just going to sit next door and be confused for an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, I mean, she was a sport. It was great. Uh, we were really grateful that kid couldn't see what we were watching. Yeah. We were better off seeing what she was watching than vice versa. Uh, turn on... What time? What time slot do you think this aired in?
0: Oh, what time slot? Uh, this has to be... I would put this at, like, 10, is too early. No one's stoned yet. Well, it was the 60s, so maybe they were.
1: Uh, This show was uh, panned for its content. Yeah. Its content, uh, it's one of those things, it's hard to translate for a 2019 audience because, you know, the audience that watches Game of Thrones would not be scandalized by turn-on.
0: Right, right.
1: But when you have, you know, what people were in... Nineteen sixty nine on network television before bedtime.
0: Like what? What was the lead in, and more importantly, what was the lead out? Like what had to follow this abomination? Um, what poor show <laughs> lost all its viewers that week?
1: Its lead in was Here Come the Brides, which was an American comedy western series. Uh, which was about, like, importing marriageable women from the East Coast. Thanks, Wikipedia.
0: Oh, my God. It
1: was during, like, Manifest Destiny, when there was a lot of men out West and no ladies. (laughs) So it was, like, about importing women, which is, you know, a lighthearted comedy about human trafficking. Well,
0: it's very interesting the idea that a period piece followed, or was the lead-in to Turn On. Because let me... We're going to try the best we can to set the stage of what this show is.
1: And its lead out was the movie.
0: The movie of the week?
1: Yes, and it replaced the very popular show, Peyton Place.
0: Oh, so a bunch of people were expecting a show they liked and got turned on.
1: It was heavily advertised that it was going to be turned on. The show, it wasn't a surprise airing. Still, it happens. It happens. Uh, people were already mad that they were losing Turn On. Or, excuse me, that they were losing Peyton Place to Turn On because Peyton Place was considerably considerably more popular.
0: Okay, so here's the basic premise. It takes place in an all-white room with yes. a supercomputer. This is meant to be the first ever computer-generated TV show. Now, don't think about, like, Reboot. What happens is they press buttons on this computer and a sketch starts.
1: Sketch is a, such a generous term. It is,
0: but a sketch starts with actual actors and cartoon set pieces. Like yes. like sets that look like cartoons.
1: They remind me the art style of the cartoon sets reminded me of Schoolhouse Rock. Okay. Like that look.
0: I would say it reminded me of Cool World, where instead of doing like the good Roger Rabbit of real life uh, and cartoons, they just painted the set to look cartoony and stood in front of it. Yes. So I'm just trying to give you a vague idea of what it is.
1: Think elementary school play.
0: Yes, that's a very good way to put it.
1: Uh, One of my notes is cheap.
0: Yes. Aspects of the show. Very cheap.
1: Uh, certain aspects of the show were clearly very inexpensive And certain aspects of the show were clearly Very expensive yeah.
0: So I'm still trying to get the, the core concept Over to our listeners here A sketch starts and it just kind of pops Into existence It lasts at max 7 seconds And then Boom cut to another Sketch
1: air quotes Repeat for 30 minutes <laughs> The show never feels like it begins, is the biggest, like, jarring thing about this show.
0: Yeah, it never feels like we've gotten to the show, because I remember when we watched it, I was like, okay, that is, like, the lead-in. Cool, like, the real show will start soon. No.
1: 18 minutes, I thought we were still in the cold open of a 28-minute show. I'm gonna actually, this might help our viewers, if you've seen The Office... There is an episode where they're all at Gabe's house, and Gabe makes everyone watch a horror movie that doesn't have a plot, because plot is comforting. Yes. This is that in sketch comedy form.
0: Yeah, but it's 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 even worse than that, because I want you to understand, the sketches last about seven seconds, where it's just like, here's kind of a premise, here's the punchline, and then either, like, cut, fade, or dissolve to new thing. Yes. On top of that, there are cartoons that happen in front of the sketch you're watching. So while you're watching a sketch, a little cartoon will walk by with, like, an amusing sign. He's a dull person. He ignores me. Days we don't speak a word to each other. He's rude. He's vulgar. He has other women. I know it. He beats me. Why don't you leave him? Oh, I know I should, and I would, except
1: woman needs love or like a provocative one yeah
0: just something distracting
1: yeah like an airplane with a banner that says like free oscar wilde
0: yes don't understand that
1: yeah like it's very uh it felt provocative for the sake of being provocative
0: yeah and the thing that's like weird about it is sometimes it's a cartoon sometimes it's an animated cartoon Yes. Sometimes it is a cardboard cutout that is clearly just being dragged across the floor. Yes. So, like, while the show itself is already so overwhelming to understand, there's also something else happening in front of it. Yep. Yeah, like...
1: And uh, we have to talk about the score, because that's very important. Yes. Uh, This made heavy use of the Moog synthesizer. And the Moog synthesizer kind of came into vogue later that year. The Beatles used it on one of their albums. Okay. And that was what, like, contextualized it for people. But it's very, like, it was very jarring. And, again, it was... The whole thing was set to make people uncomfortable.
0: Right. And this... If I can find a clip of music that sounds like it, I'll I'll play it here. But this music plays over the entire show. Yes. Yes. So, instead of getting, like, mood music or appropriate music, there's just a constant unrelated noise on top of a confusing sketch that lasts seven seconds, on top of a cartoon that's happening. It's utter madness.
1: Honestly, to me, we, we talked about this with Not Without My Anus, of, like, I am very easily made uncomfortable. Yeah. By things on screen like that. Like, I, one of the reasons I'm not a big Adult Swim person is Adult Swim likes to make the viewer uncomfortable. Yes. If we had not been watching this in a well-lit room on a beautiful day. Yes, in a room full of people. With several other people. I feel like this would have freaked me out. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the definition of
0: creepy. I recently did a whole thing about horror for a PowerPoint. Uh, But creepy, the the feeling of creepy, is the normal made strange. Right. So that's why, like, if you see... That's why, like, the Uncanny Valley happens. Where it's like, there's something wrong with the way that person looks and I can't place it. You know, something with... Something normal with abnormally large teeth. Like, that's creepy because it's wrong.
1: That's why, like, haunted house movies and scary children.
0: Yes. So... You're basically just taking the TV and making it slightly wrong because that's not how TV should function. Right. So it's very, like, jarring and upsetting. Now, there's, like, like we said, uh, it's only at the Paley Center. Yes. We were able to find a single clip of this show yeah. on YouTube because it is... Another show talking about it. So I'll play the one tiny clip here. It's time to turn on. She said it was wonderful, and she thanked me for the big one.
1: It's from a documentary dissecting the failure.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's E. Eddie Edwards, which is the only, like, named character we get. He looks like a used car salesman version of Robbie Rotten from LazyTown.
1: Yes. Oh, my God, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, to the point where I was like, is this where they got that look? Because that's exactly what he looks like. And he gets, like, the most screen time. He has a few, like, longer sketches.
1: Yeah, he's like a shoe salesman clear foot fetishist.
0: Yes, he does a a sketch about how he cares about women's feet.
1: Girls, I want to be a friend to your feet. Your hot feet, your
0: tired feet, your feet that itch, ache, burn, swell, or throb. Yes, it's E. Eddie Edwards for the FFA, the fabulous foot fans of America, with an exciting line of literature that you can receive in the privacy of your own homes. And what you do there is nobody's business but your own, if you know what I mean. Now, here's what you get. Number one. A colorful four-page folder featuring spicy photos of the feet of Wayne Newton, the Barry sisters, and Ernie Fukasada. Photos just the way you like them. Number two, a black-and-white film of the marching drum majorettes caring for their feet in the locker room after the Rose Parade in Pasadena. And during this, a cartoon character comes by that's holding a sign that says, E. Eddie Edwards is a pervert. Yes. It's very interesting to me that this is the only character we have. This is the only named character that comes back again and again. Yes. And we're establishing him as a person you don't want to be near. Yes. like It's a very unsettling uh, situation. So,
1: And the only other recurring character is not really named. It's the body politic. Oh, yes. There is a beautiful blonde woman in... A, uh, like a beautiful flowing dress who makes naughty innuendos about politics and boobs. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, the body politic.
1: Mr. Nixon, as president,
0: now becomes the titular head of the
1: Republican Party.
0: Yeah, that, and that's her whole bit. And it would say, like, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the body politic.
1: And it would have the same camera that would go up her body. Yes. Like that classic shot.
0: And she will say something that could be a double entendre.
1: like the cleavage between nations. Yes, is the, the cleavage one I can between remember. nations,
0: the one I remember too. Uh, so we get that. Uh, and it's it comes off as very cheap because they reuse stuff a lot.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: they reuse that clip of E. Eddie Edwards saying she said it was wonderful. And she thanked me for the big one, like in both episodes that we watched. Yes. And there's also a sketch where someone is going to jail, and he says, Well, Copper, I get one phone call. They do this sketch three times. Yes. And it is the obvious joke of he calls to deliver a pizza.
1: He calls the time lady. He
0: calls the time lady and another one. All right, you're charged with the following. Armed robbery, assault with a deadly weapon, resisting arrest, and murder in the first degree. Take him away. Hold it, Toad. I get one phone call. Okay. Hello. What time's the second show on a funny girl tonight? It's like, oh, yeah. Like, I I get that it's the 60s, and, like, these jokes are new, (laughs) but, like, it's not clever, it's not interesting.
1: Yeah, it was super interesting, because I... Another repeated joke... Now, something that's interesting about Turn On, did you notice the makeup of the cast?
0: This is something I did want to talk about.
1: The cast is remarkably diverse. Yes, yes. I, like, I was going to say for 1969, but honestly, it's more diverse than the current Saturday Night Live cast.
0: Yeah, it's really diverse. Now, I will say they have a Hispanic gentleman who looks like a political cartoon satire because he is...
1: Almost always depicted in a sombrero.
0: He's always has a sombrero. He has, like, a mangy beard. Like, he looks unkept right. for someone who's going to be on television. And he legitimately does uh, the Kel no the the Keenan sketch from all that where he translates words that are silly, right? The the, the who's the French guy in the back? Peter backpack? S. Cargo. Yeah, he does. Peter S. Cargot. That's all he does. Is he says something like, Buenas
1: tardes, or as you say in your
0: country, good late." Today's language lesson is what to do if you're lost in Mexico City and you want to get to a police station fast. What you do is you go up to a policeman and you say, está usted? Pretty soon you're going to be at the police station because that means, how are you? Where'd you get that big, dumb, yellow nose?
1: S'il on banjo de mi Please remove your banjo from my belly button. <laughs> One of them was how to get to a police station. And then he teaches you how to insult a cop.
0: Yes. So, so you end up at the police station.
1: So, it's that, which is super interesting.
0: It's a pretty even split between men and women from what I remember. Yes. And there is a, it looks like an Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, surprised because I was like, I can't name, I can name maybe two Asian female comedians. Like, right. through, throughout all time, I can probably name two. So, to see her, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, that I have no idea who this person is who's on a sketch comedy show. She almost never speaks in the sketches. Did
1: right. you notice that? I did not notice that.
0: Yeah, she's given very few lines. Like, her job is to kind of, like, look pretty and look into the camera.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of looking directly into the camera. Yes. And not in, like, the office way.
0: And uh, there's an African-American gentleman. And an
1: African-American lady.
0: and But there's a lot of jokes about race.
1: Yes. Uh, one of the punchlines is, for some reason, uh, they call the African-American man boy.
0: Like, yes,
1: and I don't mean for some reason because I'm aware of the loaded right, racial right. connotations of that. I just mean they find some reason to call him that. Yes. Oh, uh, one of them is there's a shoe shine boy, a white shoe shine boy, and he's yelling out like shoe shine, shoe shine, and then he looks at a black man and goes shine boy. So the idea of like the black man is in the socioeconomic place to be getting a shoe shine. But the poor white shoeshine boy is still the one who's being racist. Yes. That's the one I have written down.
0: Yeah, there's, there's, I know there's one where someone just goes, I don't get what's so hard about being black. And like, it's, it's so quick that I might not be, it might not be that I'm not remembering what happens next. Yes. It could be that that was the whole sketch is a white guy walks past a black guy going, I don't know why it's so hard to be black.
1: Yeah, uh, there's also, in the second episode, there is a a black man talking about how, like, he can't be seen with a white woman on television, and then a white dude walks by with a black lady on his arm.
0: Yes, yeah, I, I remember that one. Um,
1: and how, like, the interracial thing is okay on that direction. There's also a recurring southern gentleman, like, southern right. gentleman writer. Okay, And he talks about how, like, oh, the South has given us some of the greatest writers, Tennessee Williams, Mark Twain. Now, none of them live down there.
0: Yeah, and then cut.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's all, like, one-liners, essentially, or two-liners. It's like a joke book.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, it is a joke book. Because one of the, the sketches, and I'm again using air quotes that they do, is they split the screen up into four screens. Yes, And each part of the joke happens in one part of the screen. But, like, it's still a conversation, so it's very confusing. Yes. One that I remember is...
1: Why don't you just get yourself a job? I gotta stay loose, baby. I
0: can't be pinned down to a job.
1: Can't you accept you're just a member of the working class?
0: I don't consider myself working class.
1: You don't consider yourself working class? What do you consider yourself?
0: I consider myself middle class. So if you're the middle class, who's the working class? The unemployed. Which, what I just said, decent joke. Yeah. Like, I I, I use this term a lot when I'm talking about stand-up comedy of binary comedy, Mm -hmm. which is, on paper, it functions as a joke. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same way that a video game could function as a game, but still not be fun. This functions as a joke, but the way it's being presented is not funny. It's just confusing.
1: Yeah, it plays into that concept of that everyone who is a poor person voting against their own interest, they think themselves... uh, There's a line where a much more intelligent person than me says they consider themselves, quote, temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Okay. Okay. That idea of since they will one day become the upper class, they vote for the interests of the upper class. Okay. Instead of their own interests as lower or middle class people. Okay. It's a big thing about when people vote, like, for tax cuts for the wealthy that they will literally never see at their income. Right. That's what this reminded me of. That idea of, like...
0: Yeah, like, there's clearly, like, a message here and stuff, but this joke that's being presented... Yes. Like, it is a decent joke. But the way it is being presented is they're taking your screen, they're splitting it up into four spots.
1: Yes. They're,
0: so the action is happening in the four different corners of your screen while unrelated music plays and a cartoon co- goes by with a kite.
1: Yeah, it's very jarring. It's very difficult to follow. And I clearly start to freak out right around eight minutes in based on my notes. Yes, Uh, There's also a Muppet cat that keeps uh, recurring. Yes, there is. There's like these weird... I I have in my notes proto-SNL because early Saturday Night Live episodes used Jim Henson early Muppets. Well, not Muppets, but Jim Henson's early works. Mm -hmm. And these have a Muppet-esque cat and a Muppet-esque hippo. Yes. And... They're weird, and all they really do is, like, Jim Halpert reaction shots. Yeah, they never really speak. They just
0: look to camera, and that is it.
1: But they do, start, like, they do kind of have reaction Jim Halpert shots, not like the human actors who just look in the camera seemingly to be disturbing.
0: Yes, well, I, I had, I made a very interesting connection. Mm-hmm. The cat... Puppet is like this weird-looking orange cat. It appears to me to be very similar to the cat from Too Many Cooks. Snarf? Yeah. And I I was just like, huh, another just horrible thing this cat is in. I like to think that this puppet cat is just a working actor, and these are just the gigs it's getting.
1: He also, I believe, looks like the cat from The Puzzle Place.
0: No, that's his more successful brother.
1: Oh, this is getting really happy time murders? Yeah, it looks exactly like the cat from The Puzzle Place.
0: Yeah, it does. Um, we, we pulled up a picture.
1: This also ties into, while we were in New York, I attempted to buy this terrifying Muppet cat plushie. Seeing the show turn on made me not want to buy it because I was afraid to bring part of that into my home.
0: Understandable.
1: Uh, one of the things about this show is uh, audiences did not like it.
0: You, I, I'd imagine. Uh, can, can we explain just like a few more tidbits of this show? Absolutely. Okay. Because there's also a few, again, sketches that are blink and you miss it. Yes. The the ones that come to mind for me is there is a shot of a guy getting punched in the face and then he has a black eye.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then 20 minutes later, it's a black guy getting punched in the face and he gets a white eye. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a couple that it's, the camera just moves quickly to a woman's belly button.
1: With a drawing. And
0: there's a drawing. So, like, there's an arm reaching out of it with a sign that says help.
1: Yeah. There's a couple, like, kinda solid jokes. Like, when some judge offers a cop a porn magazine he confiscated and the cop goes no thank you i don't own a pornograph
0: yes would you like some pornography no i don't own a pornograph that's a good joke
1: now to be fair that's a terrible joke in 1969 at 8 30 p.m yeah
0: that's a pretty bad joke for then uh <laughs> there's another one where uh a police officer you see the back of a police officer and a man and they knock on the door and this woman opens and says you need to control your husband and she says sorry and then grabs the cop yeah. It's like, ah, okay, visual gag, whatever. There's definitely
1: a huge anti-authority bent on it. Uh, there's yes. a lot of anti-government, there's a lot of um, anti-cop, because there's a moment where cops go, let us pray. And then they all pull out mace and mace the camera.
0: Yeah. For
1: Which addresses, reasons. like, the police brutality that marked a lot of the protests in the 1960s. Because you got to figure, this is peak... 1968 was one of the most tumultuous years in American culture. This is 1969, this is airing, so that's all very fresh in everyone's minds. Yes. So, like, police brutality, there's several sketches that involve the pill.
0: Yes! There's a sketch that's just a woman desperately trying to get the pill out of a vending machine.
1: And that's clearly, like, a commentary of people being alarmed that birth control was as easy to get as it was... Yeah, and
0: there's... Some of the show I kind of remember as a Vietnam flashback. (laughs) Like, because there's a part where it's just a guy checking pockets. Yeah. And he has, like, thousands of pockets. He just takes his jacket off and there's more pockets. Yeah, he's
1: trying to scratch himself. Is
0: that what it was? Yes. I have no idea.
1: He was trying to, like... There was an itch and he couldn't figure out how to get to it because of all the zippers in his outfit. Yeah. There's also... This weird ballet sequence where there's five or six beautiful ballerinas. Again, diverse. Yes. It's not just six white girls. And this weird little Rumpelstiltskin, like Lord Farquaad looking dude. Yeah. Bothering them in a way that reminds me forcibly of Taylor Swift's Shake It Off video. (laughs) It's a white background, like Shake It Off. It's talented dancers being bothered by somebody who doesn't belong there, like Shake It Off. And on top
0: of that, like, it's shot differently, because, like, it moves faster, like it's an 8 millimeter film. Yes. Like, it feels like there's going to be a murder on it.
1: It feels like there's going to be a payoff, and they're never... This repeats multiple times across both episodes. Yeah. And there's never a payoff, it's just these weird, like, kinda gags.
0: They don't work. And there's also these sketches where it's two people's faces that are, like, almost kissing... And they tell a joke And then one turns and looks at the camera And the other person, like, looks away Mom always did like you best Yes Like, you know in the electric company Where they taught you how to say words Yes Like, shh, ape, shape Shirt, shirt Okay, they're way closer than those faces were in the electric fa- factory.
1: It's funny that you use the electric factory, because I was thinking of Avenue Q. They do the same thing, where he keeps saying, come, and she finishes with, "Mittman," Come, Oh, Okay. Which is clearly supposed to be a parody of the electric factory, but I always think of the parody first. Right. I was older and had more permanent memory when but, I was watching that.
0: Do you remember a joke from, from like, that style of sketch that they did?
1: No. Oh, I think you meant from the electric factory. No,
0: from the from the <laughs> show we're discussing.
1: Yes, it's, um, two women are talking and one says, what are we going to do about inflation? And the second woman goes, well, I've been taking the pill. And the first woman just looks at the camera like, dumb. Yeah, and then
0: there's, like, a broing.
1: Yeah, like... <laughs> It's usually a question and answer like that, where yes. like one person asks a serious question and then someone else zings back and then the first person looks at the camera.
0: Uh, it, it should also be noted about this show is it doesn't end with credits. The credits happen just randomly throughout the show. Yes. Like just sketch, sketch, sketch. Hey, here's who operated the camera. Sketch, 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 sketch.
1: Um, there were still credits 18 minutes in. After the show had been canceled in some networks.
0: Oh, so some people didn't get credits for this terrible show.
1: Yeah, I mean, some people didn't get the second 18 minutes of the show.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, what popped up instead?
1: A black screen and live organ music, which was a device... That was really only used in cases of extreme technical difficulties at the time?
0: Yeah, I heard that there's an organ there basically in case the building was on fire. And it was just like, yeah, someone go. And it was a message that said, if I remember this correctly, the rest of this program will not be seen tonight or ever. I watched an interview with Tim Conway, and that's what he said. He said that that popped up because... Tim Conway, who was the host of the first, host or guest star, I guess, because he never really, like, hosts anything. Yes. Of the first episode, was at a party.
1: Their for, premiere party. Was
0: at the premiere party, but it was in California. Mm-hmm. So by the time it was in the Central Time Zone, the show was already canceled and, like, taken off the air for people to.
1: The show didn't watching. air at all after, like, the Central Time Zone. <laughs> Most Western markets never saw the show. So just... Ma- if we were doing this show from LA, it never would have aired in our town.
0: So, like, just imagine the stars of this show in a bar telling the bartender, like, Yeah, we're going to be on TV! And then 830 comes around and is like, Nope, it's just a black screen.
1: Yeah, like, it was very... I-, I think that in... The Western markets, they didn't have to use the black screen. That was just one... Yeah. uh, That was actually just Cleveland did that.
0: Okay. And uh, before we we move on to, like, out of the context of the show, there is one long sketch I think we need to discuss.
1: This sketch freaked me out.
0: It is just Tom Conway's head... Yes. ...against a black background, which is kind of jarring just because everything else was white. Yes. And then a woman's head... And there's just kind of floating in space, and it says sex above their head. Yes. What do you think happened? And then I will give my version of what I think happened.
1: I think in that sketch, it's a man trying to get a woman to have sex with him, and she's initially refusing. And then, like, it comes out that he's wealthy? Or money is somehow involved, and she acquiesces. And then... They court and marry, and then she stops caring about sex. Okay. That's what I got from it.
0: What I got was, there's definitely a part where he's mouthing the word sex, and she mouths back the word no. And then, he chases her. Yes. And, like, it's, like, their head's just, like, flying by. Mm Mm-hmm. Then, they kind of get together... Yes. And then there's a moment where the word sex turns to the word X. Yes. And I was like, okay, I guess they're divorced now or they're not together. And then it just becomes sex again. So I took it as like when they're together, sex was not interesting. But once they split up, it became better. Okay. That's that's what I took from it. Uh, there's also... Another sketch that super bothered me that I I, I want to get your opinion on. And it is two seconds long. Okay. A cartoon character comes out and takes a marker and writes on what I assume is a whiteboard
1: mm-hmm.
0: Remember Pearl and then falls through a hole.
1: I believe he's shot.
0: Is that is he shot? I thought he fell through a hole.
1: I got that he was shot.
0: Okay. <laughs> I assume The rest of that message is, remember Pearl Harbor. Yes. Okay. When was Pearl Harbor?
1: December 7th, 1941.
0: 1941. So this is 30 years after Pearl Harbor. Yes. Okay. So this is like someone making a 9-11 joke in 10 years. Yes. Okay. That's already a little uncomfortable to think of it that way. Yes. What do you think this meant?
1: I I, I don't know.
0: My t- take on this was he was writing Remember Pearl Harbor and then he got Pearl Harbored. He got okay. sneak attacked. Yes. Which is horrendous.
1: Yeah, like it wouldn't be cool to tell that now.
0: Well, it, it would be like if someone was writing Remember 9-11 and they got hit by a plane. Yeah. And the only thing that's like saving me to think that that's not what it meant was they do this sketch three more times, but he writes something different. Right. I don't remember what it was, Nor but did I know I. the second time I went, oh, thank God. Yes. So, like, I can't, we can't go through it bit by bit. We did the best we could trying to explain what this show was to you.
1: Yeah, it was bananas.
0: But, like, I just want you to remember constant noise, very fast cuts, quick movements, and just the relief we felt when we went to a commercial.
1: Yeah, and it was very weirdly jarring, because the commercials are clearly way better. I don't know if you
0: had this experience, but every time they cut to a commercial... I actually thought, okay, this is the show.
1: I had that with... I actually... I'd never heard of Bufferin, which was the migraine uh, headache medicine that was the first ad, and I thought it was like an Oops, I Crap My Pants yeah. style.
0: I thought it was a bit. And they also had Whistle, which was like a, a cleaning. The master's floor was quite a chore till I discovered this. They put lemon in Whistle. New lemon Whistle. This fireplace was one disgrace till I discovered this they were lemon and whistle. No lemon whistle. This noble night was never bright till I discovered this they were lemon and whistle. New no lemon whistle.
1: New whistle spray and big whistle with lemon bright cleaning power. They were lemon in whistle. New no lemon whistle. Which had like way better production values than the show?
0: Yeah, when the commercials to the that run during your show are blowing you away yes. in terms of production, entertainment, and let's be honest, humor and sense. <laughs> like that's a bad show. Yes. So, what what else can you tell us about this show?
1: So, I realized I have a resource that I have not used to its full ability. Okay. Because of my job, I have access to the New York Times archives. Oh, okay. So I found the New York Times article where they, like, talk about... Turn on. ...the show being canceled. The show was officially announced as canceled on the 11th. Okay. Which is the day before the second episode should have aired. Okay. Uh, A lot of people found it unacceptable in the early time slot... They moved up the like. I told you the lead out was the movie, right? They moved out up the movie the first week when they couldn't figure out what to do. Okay. Uh, they call it immediately the worst show in uh, the worst show of this season and most past seasons, and they call it like a you. We have to talk a little bit about laughing. Laughing okay. is what turn on wanted to be. Laughing was successful. Okay. Laughin had a lot Successful. Yeah. Well, Laughing had some of that like anti establishment, but Laughin made sense. Yeah. And like you've heard the phrase sock it to me. Yes. Laughing. I know. Yeah, like
0: I like laughing actually.
1: Yeah, but laughing is what Turn On aspired to. Okay. And it didn't work. So they actually like ABC would uh Rerun Dracula. They were desperate. They called it a fiasco. It got savaged in the New York Times. They didn't know what to do. They clearly thought the show was going to run. The show got an order for 16 episodes.
0: Yeah. And and to, to think that that raw footage is just sitting somewhere.
1: Yeah, like... And they didn't cancel it immediately. They didn't know what to do. Because, again, the show was preempted mid-airing in a few markets and not aired at all in others. Right. And, like, the premiere party also doubled as its wrap party. Yes. Because of this. So they really didn't know what to do. And they had to just kind of try to figure out what they were going to do with the time slot, even. So at first they just said that they were like, we're going to re-figure out the show. 8.30, clearly a bad idea. We're going to figure out where we're going to put the show. And then they canceled it a week later. Okay. So I think that's super interesting. Reviews were terrible. A lot of more conservative areas were horrified by the content. Okay. There's a quote about a network executive saying, if your naughty little little boys want to write bad words on the wall, they can't do it on my TV. Okay. Like, they were very... Very derisive against the show. The political content was very ahead of its time. It's super interesting because a lot of the jokes seem kind of quaint now. Yeah. And I found the Excedrin ad to be as offensive as anything in the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, the ads were actually kind of offensive.
0: Yeah, there a couple offensive things I remember. Not seeing.
1: the whistle ad. The whistle ad was. Yes, it
0: was. You didn't think the whistle ad was was offensive? It was a butler, and it was some sort of song like they put lemon and whistle. Yeah. lemon and whistle. It was a butler, then it was a fat maid, and then it was a sexy maid.
1: Yeah, but it was very like, it was very just trope, trope, trope singing. Mm -hmm. It kind of, like, I feel like we've seen for cleaning ads forever, the butler or the maid being like, oh, this is great. I'd rather have it be someone being paid for their services than the current thing where it's like a housewife.
0: Yeah, okay. Where it's like,
1: this makes my life easier. It's like, okay, well, these okay. people are thinking about how their job is slightly easier, and that's pretty great.
0: I was more thinking of, like, no woman would wear that actual French maid outfit to clean.
1: <laughs> well, they also, like... They have less than 30 seconds to telegraph to their domestic servants. Yeah, okay. He's also wearing, like, shirt garters on his elbows. True. Which I noticed because I'd, like, not run across those in my life.
0: So, I have a theory about this show. Yes. This, to me, seems like the earliest example of technophobia. Okay. Where it's like, computers are going to come in here and take all of our jobs. Yes, because like computers are, are the new thing, and they can—they're going to be smarter than us. And pretty soon, we're going to get to a point where we hit a button, and boom, there's a television show. Let's actually try to do that and show what that would look like. And I think it was intentionally made slightly horrifying, so that it can kind of be like, yeah, computers suck. I could see that. Like, we need the human element. Of, like, input and connectivity and things like that because a computer is just going to throw stuff at us. Right. They're not really going to understand humans. They're just going to understand, like, data says that this is funny. This is that whole idea that I had about binary comedy. Right. It's a lot of stuff that, like...
1: Pun intended, ones and zeros. Exactly.
0: That's, that's the the point I yeah, was making. Yeah, jokes. Is, Like, you look at it on paper like, this is a joke, show it. This is a joke, show it. And it's just a computer ticking these boxes and throwing it up. So, like, I think what they're trying to, like, express here is, like, computer-generated humor, when it exists, because it's coming, and be afraid, will be cold and harsh and emotionless.
1: So this is a prequel to Black Mirror?
0: Kind of.
1: Do you want me to... There's a short review from the New York Times that never mentions how offensive it is. Okay. Would you like me to do a dramatic reading?
0: No. No, good. I'm very excited for this. It
1: is a television axiom that if a producing firm hits the jackpot with a different format, it is sound business to cash in on imitations before public taste changes. George Slatter and Ed Friendly, who devised Laugh-In, have heeded the admonition in Turn On which made its debut last night on the American Broadcast Company's network. It could be the next variation will be called Over and Out. Turn On is one half the length and one half the quality of Laugh-In. It is an uninterrupted melange of sight gags, graphics, electronics, and animations. None very original or particularly funny. The stock company is singularly undistinguished, and the program is run off at breakneck speed, a wise course under the circumstances. Turn-on could be the opening paragraph of the advance obituary of Laugh-In. Wow. That is what I like to call savage.
0: So let me ask you this. Why do you think they called it turn-on?
1: Because, like, you would turn-on electronic, and they wanted to go for the, like, little dirty joke of, like, someone's turn-on.
0: Yeah. So I definitely think there's a sex element to the title of, like, it's a turn-on. But I also think that there's an idea of turning on the show, as in turning against it.
1: Yes, okay.
0: Because <laughs> it's definitely, it is a battle to get through.
1: Yeah, like, this is one of the first one-episode shows that I've been, like... We we watched both episodes because they were available to us, but there was a brief debate over whether to jump right into the second episode. We almost watched the Muppets pilot Sex and Violence yeah, as, we, like, a palate cleanser. We almost
0: took a break, and I believe what I said to you was... Let's watch some of the second episode to see if it's any, if it's markedly different. Because maybe they made some changes after the pilot. And then we ended up watching the whole thing. And uh, there are regrets.
1: Yeah, the, uh, I was, what freaked me out was the credits thing. Because I kept making notes. 8 minutes, 30 seconds, still opening credits. 10 minutes, still opening credits. 18 minutes. The show has already been canceled and they're still opening credits.
0: Yeah, it's because there's no credits at the end. It's like, these are the credits. It's it's so just, like, crazy. And it should be mentioned that there's a timer when you go to the Paley Center that tells you how much longer you have on the computer. Yes. When we were done, there was, like, 20-some minutes left. And we're like, what are we going to do with the rest of our time? And our computer just shut off. Yes. Like, oh, I guess we're done.
1: Yeah. It was actually <laughs> really disturbing. It was a
0: little creepy.
1: Yeah, like, we just quietly left. We didn't try to fix it. We were like, all right, well, bye. CBS and NBC really rejected the show, but for some reason, ABC liked it. Like, CBS was like, hey, this show made people physically sick. We're not doing it. Really? Yeah, I mean, sensibilities were way different in the 60s. Yeah,
0: like, you need to also, like, really think about the time period here. Yes. Like, this is before Nintendo. So, like, the way the human brain dealt with, like, motion on screen Mm -hmm. was still very sensitive.
1: Yes. Like... Executives actually even said, like, people can't look at more than one thing at the same time. They're gonna get confused. Yeah. Like,
0: it should really be noted that I was made dizzy by this show. Yes. The show from 1969, right? Mm-hmm. The show from 1969 made me dizzy while I watched it. We then left, went down an elevator, and I played Spider-Man VR. Yes. Where I was a virtual Spider-Man swinging through New York City and felt better than I did watching Turn On.
1: Yeah, I did a roller coaster simulator and I was pretty sick when we left the Paley Center, if (laughs) we're being honest. You
0: you didn't have as much time to recover. No. But, like, I was so much more comfortable being like, I'm Spider-Man on top of a crane than watching Turn On. (laughs) Ugh. Anything else uh, to add about this insane show we watched?
1: No, honestly, like, uh, one of the interesting things is among nerds of a certain kind, this is the White Whale. Right. Like, we got to do a thing. One of the appealing aspects of doing this show was that it was something that we could cover that was not common it's one of those shows that, like, we talked about this a little bit with Crybaby Lane. Yeah. That the fact that it's lost media makes it fascinating. Yeah. More than the content itself.
0: It's We're covering something that the number of people on the planet that have seen it is in the low thousands. Yes. May, maybe even the high hundreds.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, the show would have aired just about 50 years ago. Yeah. So... The people who watched it as children are 60. Yeah. And then you have probably a handful of weirdos like us. Yeah. So, and it never re-aired. Yeah. So you had to be watching it that night while you were fairly young.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And it should also be noted that the Paley Center's version of it, at the end, starts to break apart.
1: Oh, my yeah, the God. The quality
0: just, like, started to, like, break in. The end in. of the
1: second episode starts to fall apart. I think I'm in a horror movie. Yeah. I actually start to, like...
0: It almost turned into the Max Headroom incident.
1: <laughs> like, I was actually really unnerved yeah. when we left the Paley Center. Uh, we, we, we watched
0: a cursed video.
1: We went and looked at red pandas at the zoo after this. <laughs> because, like, I needed to look at animals. We went to Central Park so I could pet dogs. Yeah. Like, that was literally the next thing we had to do. Was I was like, I need air, I need dogs, and I need to look at a red panda. In the video, please place a picture of a red panda right here on the YouTube I, I version. I will try.
0: I will try to do that.
1: I mean, I've got one that we own the rights to because I, I took it. I'm just busy. <laughs> so,
0: any any last comments before we give this a verdict?
1: Um... It's considered one of the worst TV shows of all time. Uh, Some people think it's misunderstood. It's, I mean, it's really one of those shows that the fact that it's hard to find made it special. Yeah. And the fact that it was canceled mid-first airing is why it's one of the Legends, and that's why it's part of Legends Month.
0: Yeah. So, is this a Stay Tuned or a Stay Doomed? Oh my god, it's a Stay Doomed. It's a stay tuned for you?
1: Yeah, I almost got sick.
0: That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, for me, it is a stay tuned. Because I've been thinking about this show a lot since we saw it. And it's just kind of like been haunting my brain. And uh, I sat down here on this very couch and I, I threw on YouTube looking for something to watch. And you know what is constantly being suggested to me on YouTube? Vine compilation videos.
1: Oh, this is
0: this is a Vine compilation video.
1: Oh god, it really is a cursed video.
0: Yeah, it's it is just jokes that are seven seconds or less.
1: Yeah, this is like Bo Burnham's vines, like yeah. that kind of humor.
0: It, it it that is what it is. It cuts from one thing to another, like the things that you're seeing are not connected. It's a Vine compilation. If it was produced by Tim and Eric.
1: Oh, God. Adult Swim would like this show.
0: I would like to say right now that if you were listening listening to this show, I want you to tweet at Adult Swim and tell them to air turn on. Yes. It is the perfect place to air this. Air turn on on Adult Swim. It would be a massive... Event because what this show is at its core, it's a Tim and Eric project. It is a Vine compilation. It's too many cooks. It's this house has people in it. It is a show. Sure
1: unedited f- footage of a bear. It's unedited
0: footage of a bear. It is just madness that doesn't belong on television. Yeah, and this would be
1: perfect for that. Like perfect four in the morning. It's perfect messing with you. It's Scott.
0: perfect for off the air. It is perfect for off the air on Adult Swim. So if you are listening to this, if you're in the the reach of my voice, tweet at Adult Swim and tell them, get the rights to to turn on and please air it.
1: And if you're Adult Swim, please just give me a heads up when you're going to air it so I can hide.
0: Yeah, so we cannot watch it.
1: (laughs) No, no, other people will, but I'm going to hide under my couch.
0: We personally, not we, us and the listeners, we personally will not experience it again. But... It's owned by ABC. Like, what? Are, they're not doing anything with it. Hey,
1: Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, put it on Disney Plus. <laughs> but honestly, I think if you take this show and you put it on Adult Swim, don't like do the Adult Swim thing where you don't advertise it, right? And you show it at midnight, one a.m., two a.m. It will be a sensation. Yes. So, for these reasons, I'm giving you to stay tuned. That's fair. Okay. So, what are we watching next week?
1: We are going to be watching a domestic comedy about a wacky man and his wacky wife and their wacky neighbors called Heil Honey I'm Home. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, yes. (laughs) It is a domestic comedy about Hitler.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: It aired only one episode, and uh, I, I wonder why people didn't like it. Yeah, we'll figure I it out. why. We'll,
0: we'll watch it for you and figure it out.
1: Uh, it's available on YouTube. You yeah. You can watch it with us. And if you want to get a jump on the episode after that, because there's a lot to that one, uh, we're going to be watching Super Train to close out Legends Month.
0: Yeah, that's- The that's show a, that
1: almost bankrupted a network.
0: That's a meaty one, so- we thought we'd give you a head start on that one.
1: Yeah, the pi- there's a pilot movie, it's an hour and a half, and then there's eight more episodes. Laura, where can
0: people find us?
1: You can email us at Show at gmail.com, or you can put us on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And uh, where can people see us live? People who look astonishingly like us will be participating in cosplay pro wrestling at Castle Point Anime Con.
0: Ooh, yeah, so be sure to check that out April... 27th i believe 28th 28th yes the sunday yes so be sure to check this out if you want to talk to me about how you gave her the big one and she thanked you for it i'm at tv's noah
1: if you also cannot tell when 60s ads are satire or not i'm at priorities until next time stay doomed